0: Welcome to Bacacast, episode number 378. I'm your host Dustin, and with me today is Larry.
1: Ho, ho,
0: ho. And Ben. So happy with my new bed. I'm glad to hear that. New yeah. new beds are always nice. It's good to sleep well.
2: It's so good to have money. a bed that it's good to have a bed with no bugs in it. That's especially good. That, too. Uh, Absolutely. I was going to
1: say, was was it lumpy like cream of wheat? But now the other thing I don't want to worry about. (laughs) Anyway, uh,
0: that is maybe the the most competent intro I've I've done in quite a while. As always, you can find show notes at www.projectharahee.net or at audioentropy.com. And we will begin... This week With the movie we watched instead Because Aaron is currently taking his mother uh, To the doctor To fix her knee So, uh, And he really wants to talk about Planet With At some point So we're going to try to do the movie first To see if he'll make it back in time
1: And if he doesn't Uh, we can always tap on And let him record later
0: Indeed I can just edit something in Um, So the movie we watched For this week is the night is short, walk on girl, which is
2: wow, really fun. <laughs> yeah, I had a blast with this movie. A uh, fun fact: uh, this is a spinoff of uh, a spin-off of Tatami Galaxy. Yeah, I I, I noticed that in the
0: comments um, uh, that I was reading for it uh, in some of the reviews and things like that. Uh, Thankfully, it doesn't seem like you need to know anything at all about Tommy Galaxy. It stands completely on its own, perfectly fine.
2: Yes, right. I never saw the Tommy Galaxy, and uh, I have still had a blast with this movie, so yeah, that's an endorsement.
0: Yeah, I haven't seen the Tommy Galaxy either, Um, but I I probably will at some point.
2: You should do that Um, as a retro review sometime later. Some yeah, we should.
0: I should put that sucker on the list. I could have sworn I did already, but I guess not. Oh, well. I'll put it on later. Yeah. Uh, but no. yeah, no. Uh, I'm sure there's like some Easter eggs or things that are fun for if you're a fan of the Galaxy. But yeah, no. This, this film works absolutely fine just standing on its own. Uh, and it's a lot of fun. And one of the things I wasn't expecting... Was how much I enjoyed the animation style, um, because it's got a very loose and more cartoony style in a way. Uh, some of the sequences reminded me a little bit of Chuck Jones, um, though with significantly less squash and stretch. <laughs> yeah, uh, it's, it,
2: yeah, it's a well, yeah, it's it's. I mean, it's it's a style that Uwasa uh, has done. Many times before it seems to uh, it seems to optimize for expressiveness over like being on model
0: yeah it's espe- it's especially noticeable during the sophist dance segment where they all do that incredibly silly walk cycle:
1: yeah walk, walk like a crab uh, it works because uh, I mean basically we're talking about. Uh, nightlife and alcohol and uh, people when they consume alcohol alcohol yeah alcohol, yeah that stuff uh, it has a tendency to distort slightly their perspective around them and so yeah that that animation works for people who are uh bombed or getting bombed or are already bombed
2: or
0: yes yes Speaking of which, I really enjoyed how this movie was structured, because it comes in at like uh, a pretty reasonable hour and a half, um, and like it starts out with the um, main character, the female lead. God, why can't she I doesn't have a She
2: doesn't have a name. Yes, she, she does. just okay. she's just the raven she's just the raven haired girl. Okay. Do you,
0: I wonder how many of these people actually do have names? I think a few of them do. Uh, the side characters, like, char- like Dawn, un- like Dawn Underwear, though that's technically uh, not yeah, his real me. name. The side, oh, so- the side
2: characters have names. The main, two, the main two leads do not. Yeah,
0: it's a good. Yeah, it's just girl with black hair and senior. Uh, excuse okay.
1: me. Uh, try this link. Yeah,
0: yeah. I just. Uh, okay. I also, I also just went to um, the Wikipedia page, which also works. Um, but yeah, so I, I really liked how the sort of first half or so of the show is about the raven-haired girl um, sort of uh, going on like a drinking tour and meeting new people and getting into all sorts of hijinks as... Uh, as the senior, as the senpai, um, sort of ha- like follows her around and gets into much more unlucky situations, um, just nearby that happen just con- like coincidentally intersect with her own experiences, and then as you sort of transition transition into the second half of the series uh, of the movie, it becomes. It's very slightly more serious, uh, where it actually delves into the motivations and, um, and emotions of the primary characters, <laughs> like concluding with that really awesome sequence inside Senpai's head, essentially. Yes. Um. But yeah, I. I I almost didn't noticing happening. I almost didn't notice the transitioning transition happening. That's how deft a touch it was, uh, where it sort of switched from being just a purely sort of goofy, um, odyssey through Japanese nightlife into a more character focused kind of thing, uh, and it's really cool how they pulled that off.
2: Specifically, Kyoto. Yes. Because, yeah, because because like because the context is that both uh, you know senpai and the raven haired girl are students at Kyoto University. Yep. And yeah, yeah. and th- this author, yeah, this author is, is like obsessed with Kyoto because <laughs> he also he also did he also wrote eccentric family.
0: Yeah. No, it, it definitely. There's definitely a lot to this that has narrative vibes of Eccentric Family, particularly in how it blends mysticism with the modern era. Um, I'm particularly thinking of the kid who is like the used book savior. Right.
1: The god of old books.
0: Yeah, which is such like a, a like a kind of goofy thing, but also it fits very well into existing sort of Japanese mysticism, just sort of updated for like a modern city. <laughs>
2: well, what I what I well the, what I took from it was that what it was going for was a kind of magic realism.
0: Yeah, yeah, very much so, which is definitely in the style of eccentric family. Um, though eccentric, even though eccentric family even goes a little harder into the magical realism because you know there are me- mystical yeah. beasts actually walking around.
1: Well, you know the the one character that kind of got me was Rihaku, the uh, moneylender. Uh, now we know what Yoda would look like as a drunk loan shark.
0: Oh yeah, the Rihaku segment was really good. <laughs> where. Uh, Otome gets, uh, raven Hair girl gets into a drinking contest with him, essentially, and, like, they're drinking, th- what's cool about that is it's it sort of, uh, like, the way it sort of portrays alcohol in that alcohol it, itself does not have any, like, sort of inherent, like, properties to make you feel something, it simply brings out your existing sort of outlook. Uh, and so Rihaku, when he drinks the alcohol, has all these depressive thoughts, whereas the raven hair girl is, you know, on the completely other end of the spectrum, oh, yeah. even though they're both drinking from the same
1: yeah, she's, uh, source. She's flashing flowers and he's having anvils fall on it. Right,
2: yeah, right. So then, yeah, yeah, and then in the next bit, uh, you know, where they, yeah, in the next bit, the, uh, the senpai uh, gets into an eating contest where they got to sit around a table eating really spicy food. Yeah, specifically
0: order- from a hot pot, which again, here, again, eccentric family ties, this dude loves hot pots, apparently. <laughs>
1: Well, uh, this is um, this is one of your hotter hot pots. This thing would probably cook without fire under it.
0: Yeah, it's essentially like a spicy food contest, endurance contest. And again, I really like how they portray it, where the the last two competitors just start hallucinating, and their hallucinations fight each other, and like their faces get all, pu- their lips get all super puffy, and it's just a real. It, it is a very surrealist image.
2: Yeah, I was, like, this whole time with, like... Yeah, just, like, the surrealism, and... I was just totally grooving along with this movie.
0: Yeah, and, and one of the funniest things is, is that the guy who's giving them this challenge is eating a watermelon the whole time.
1: <laughs> yeah, like, he knows.
0: And then the raven-haired girl pulls a red string of fate... And, like, the entire tent that they're eating the hot pot in, like, disintegrates into birds.
2: Yep.
1: Mm-hmm. Uh, wait, the uh, visuals
0: in this movie are just incredible.
1: I, I mean, the the, le- the characters in this movie, I mean, there's enough com- character development, especially with uh, Don underwear. Oh my... Oh, yeah. But it's interesting. Don Underwear's first love turns out to be a cross dressing love. But his second love turns out to be somebody who actually loves him. So it all works out in the end. One thing. That was one thing I
0: was really worried about um, when the director shows up cross dressing and Don Underwear is like, oh, it doesn't matter, you know, as, as long as, uh, I'll, I'll fall in love with you too, as long as it, you know, fulfills my dream. Uh, and I was really worried that they were going to take the tack of, oh, you can't fall in love with him. He's actually a boy, but the, the sort of the, the point that all the characters had ended up being, no, you can't fall in love with him. Just for opportunism, like <laughs> you need you need to actually <clears throat> fall in love with who you care about. Um, so it th- thankfully didn't end up being just a cross-dressing joke,
1: well, though it and, did
0: kind of come uncomfortably close to that.
1: And thank goodness that it started raining carp.
0: Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um. Man,
1: I <laughs> you know, also just part- go. You know, this movie, we could have probably almost gone frame by frame as good as it yeah, was.
0: Honestly, like, they're... And going back to your point of just how good the characters are, like, even just the side characters who don't get much development at all, like, every one of them <laughs> is a lot of fun, like, including the, um... the drunkards that uh, Raven Hair Girl meets at, like, one of the first bars she goes to on her own, um, Higuchi, Hanuki, and Toto.
1: Yeah. Well, the 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 bride that's sitting there, that's downing them, hand and fist, and her husband's dumping them in the in the pail, and she just kind of looks over at him, going like, "Oh, this is going to be a fun night."
0: Yeah, just like all, all the characters are just so full of life and like just very clearly distinct people. Um, even though they don't really get a lot of development, you feel like you know so much about them. Yep. Just from how little they're on there. And then that's not just like, through their dialogue, but also the way they're dressed and the way they move. Uh, it's the way they're animated. Like, it's all just so beautifully detailed.
1: And, and the, uh, the bride, now naoko on, and that guy's going... I'll marry you right now, And she's sitting there holding her husband, and he's like, "I don't care. Get rid of him. Take me, take me." And I'm like, "I've known people like that. <laughs> I, you know, I, I, I I've <clears throat> known people. It's like she's married. Forget about her. I can't forget about her. I, I want her forever. It's like she's married. It doesn't matter. It's like, oh God. I understand. Huh. I understand that premise." Also,
0: I just have to say, I adore the idea of like like gorilla theater. (laughs) Yeah, like not not like ape gorilla, but G U E R gorilla theater. Like warfare, and just like yeah, and just like like a group of people just suddenly putting up a stage in the middle of town, doing a quick skit and then tearing
1: it down before the cops come to arrest them
0: is so good
1: i like when they went through the festival and sca- scarfed up all the materials from the not so popular uh tents and then build it build it right there it's like but but but, but.
2: oh yeah, and, and, yeah. The, and the like yeah and the way they uh, yeah and the way they basically improvise their it, like do like this improvised musical theater uh, yeah. Which references like all the like all the people at the school,
0: yeah, and like airs their dirty laundry. Uh, oh god! And I'm 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 scrolling back uh, a little earlier. We're kind of jumping all over the place, but there's so much to talk about. Like oh, exactly. what, the way Rehawk, the, the way that Rihaku arrives in like this gigantic sort of uh, riverboat that train. acts, yeah, that acts like a train. Um,
1: Doesn't that remind it, you of yeah
0: yeah that is a very that very much reminds me of like some eccentric family stuff because okay. they basically have something like that in the second season yeah um it's just such a cool visual um like well, all a- the stuff I all think- the stuff they do to make the nightlife seem like almost another world that is still recognizable as like the city and the things we're used to, but slanted in such a way that it appears, uh, different and almost otherworldly, um, not only makes for a really amazing way of like, uh, building a cool world just to set a movie in, but also kind of is a good way of capturing, like sort of the ideal of a bar crawl where you and your friends are all like going through the city and getting getting a bit tipsy and seeing things in ways that you don't normally see things like the city becomes a different
1: thing and you know the the other two characters well actually there's a few but the, the other two the odd couple Huguchi and Hanuki you know is he's like he, he he looks like a monk, but he shouldn't be a monk. But the wooden shoes are are outrageous. And she's like, alcohol, 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 alcohol. <laughs> I mean, you know, if, if she could have got away with a funnel on a couple of occasions, she would have just taken the funnel and, boom. <laughs> you know, the heck with tasting it. Just, you know, put it on an IV. Run it wide open. Oh, and, and the guy with the... Uh, <clears throat>
0: Drawings. Oh, the the ero- uh, the erotic drawings. Yes, yes, the erotic art. That was and, Toto. And, uh, that was Toto. That was, that was Toto. Was
1: Toto. And, and, the, yeah. and the and the uh, the uh, pl- well placed flowers.
0: <laughs> oh yeah. Uh, that culminates in the friendship punch.
2: Yes. <laughs> well, yeah. That's when uh, Toto basically tries to put the moves on the raven-haired girl, and she punches him yeah. in the face.
0: Yeah, it's a friendship punch because you uh, it, because you curl your fingers over your thumb. That's right. what makes it a friendship punch.
1: And, uh, <laughs> you know, and, I mean, he was... I mean, he deserved to be punched. He was sampling beyond sampling. He was sampling oh, oh, yeah, he, no. Like, <laughs> he, he was, Toto
0: is absolutely a loser. And, okay. like, Raven-haired girl even says, like, Yo... Like, you suck, but also you introduced me to this cool world, so, you know, i got to give you some props.
1: (laughs) Yeah, so you're not dead, you just had your jaw dislocated. This this entire movie, which I suggest if you watch it, watch it twice. Watch it, take a day or so, let it bounce around in your mind, then go back and watch it again. Because it's worth it. Yeah,
0: there there are so many little details, uh, that you're that you're just going to miss on one viewing. Yeah, because there's there's a lot to just keep track of. It's just filled with visual stimulus and um, it
1: moves right along. No. Yeah, no,
0: like I said, it's it's an hour and a half, so it's like a perfect length. Um, and it never feels like it's dragging
1: at all. Yeah. No. E- e- even even in some of the more corny scenes, uh, yeah, they still. Uh, yeah. At, 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 at the end, and like, go ahead, go ahead.
0: Um, oh, sorry. I, th- I think you're about to say it, so so go ahead, because I think you might transition me into what I want to talk about.
1: Because <laughs> at the end, where he's she's running through the maze, the gauntlet, trying to get to him. And finally gets to him and she's and then all of a sudden she looks over and sees the book which is sitting there glowing. And she picks it up, she thumbs through it, and she looks at the back, she goes, It's my book. That's my name And he's like <laughs> Convenient, wasn't it? She's like, Oh no, this is more than convenient. Uh,
2: like, <laughs> yeah, well that's the thing. It's is that it was something that it was something that Senpai had been trying to have been trying to make happen the entire movie.
0: Yeah, like, but also he was sort of terrified of what would happen if she shows up, and so we get that like really fantastic sort of climactic sequence what? where uh, sensei's own uh, I mean, own cowardice sort mean, of is rebelling against his desires. You mean like, senpai? senpais yeah, yeah.
1: Uh, well you gotta remember japan japan's big on confessions and well also the, like the wor- worst thing in the world is to express your feelings and get the door slammed in your face i mean e- even without the cultural context
0: i think this yeah. is this sort of i think this works for basically oh it works for anyone any- yeah oh yeah yeah even oh, no. as I have a global uh, cultural context of confessions. Well, like
1: but, but that's why it's it's in this case, I think this is why I got amplified a little bit to pay, play to the cultural thing, just slightly.
0: Yeah. Uh, I also, what I also want to say is that sort of near the end, like the last third of it, uh, after everyone has finished their drinking, everyone's sort of got colds, the world starts to return to normal. Uh, the colors become less saturated. Not desaturated, yeah. but more realistic. Like, yeah. less hyper-colorful.
1: That's so um, intense.
0: Yeah, animations become uh, less, exa- less exaggerated, more subdued. Just everything becomes a little more truer to life. Um, and that includes, like, the environments. Like, the environments aren't, like super crazy anymore like they're uh very like earthy tones like browns and and grays um very subdued backgrounds and then that all sort of changes when she gets into the senpai's apart uh, the senpai's apartment where things again go wild again uh when she's trying to sort of get through his inner defenses um And it's it's just such a cool little sequence at the end there, Uh, and I love I love the touch of um, senpai sort of like inner. It's almost like a parliament.
2: Yeah, yeah. We're we're like basically all of his uh, conflicting impulses are are like debating each other.
0: Yeah, it's such a it's such a great way of portraying that. Uh,
1: and,
0: and like the, and there's, and there's such good dialogue in that section too, as well, um, especially, uh, near the end where like, at one point the entire, like his entire inner parliament goes silent and like the one sort of like voice of reason, um, starts talking And says, gentlemen, this pure start to love uh, you all seek doesn't exist to begin with. The more we mull over and analyze every possible component, the more our feet get rooted, frozen in place. Lust, vanity, fad, delusion, foolishness, we become utterly engulfed. Um, There comes a a time when we must risk leaping into darkness, even if we end up plunging into the hell of heartbreak. If we don't jump, our future is clear. We'll just continue to spin in circles in some corner of our wasted youth. It's such a fantastic bit of dialogue. I love that part so much. It may be one of my favorite sequences in the entire film. Yep. <clears throat> I, I really can't say enough good things about it. Well
2: my favorite thing is just the ravenhaired girl is just pure awesome every moment she's oh, on yeah. The screen. oh yeah she yeah she
0: is she is absolutely delightful um just a, a really a really fun protagonist um and just like sort of going with the flow regardless of sort of what's thrown at her uh, and she doesn't feel like too twee or she's not like a-, a ganky girl she
2: just is really fun <laughs> yep <clears throat> well right because it's well that's the thing is is it starts with the movie starts with her you know at like uh you know with her uh, you know uh, like drinking with the uh, the married couple uh, yep. Drinking with the married couple, and then you know, and, the, and she's like sort of ruminating about like you know, you know, uh, you know about becoming an adult. You know, yeah. so it's so so it sort of avoids like kind of the uh, sort of the inhu- the sort of the inhuman aspect of like the manic pixie dream girl kind of archetype, which yeah. So it's uh, so it shows that she has. Some grounding, you know, before she just, like, cuts loose and before she just, like, yeah, cuts loose and uh, gets swept along in all this madness. Yeah.
1: And I, I, you're going to have to assume, and I, since they're college students, that, you know, the drinking age in Japan is 20. So I'm going to guess that she's barely drinking age. But, man, can she put them away? <laughs> <laughs> Better than uh, I can that's for sure.
2: Oh, uh, yeah. The yeah, uh, the, the, the only other character who had that uh who basically has like that kind of uh that kind of head for liquor was the uh the main character Pat Labor. <laughs>
1: yeah. Uh, tell ya, I uh And you know, really you can't sequel. This is a standalone. You know. Yeah. Yeah. If they try. If they try to continue this. Well, the way they ended it, they could have continued the story. It,
2: it's fine the way it is. It was. Just, it know. was. Uh, uh, but I'm saying was... that,
1: that. That's what I'm saying is you know for those people who go well, what the way it ended. No, nah, the way it ended. It's the way it ended. You know. It's.
0: Yeah. It would be a
2: very, very different beast if they actually tried to continue yeah, It from was there. It's designed. Um, it was designed. It was written as a self-contained right. novel. Yep. And because
1: um, you know, basically, it, you you've you've set three couples up here.
2: Yeah, and
0: it ends on the perfect place yep. uh, with uh, Senpai and the Raven-haired girl going on their first date at a coffee shop.
1: Uh, <laughs> going. Going, Having the the identical idea of what they want to ask each other, which is yep. the best way to start communications. Just, you know, if you guys are thinking <laughs> yes. like it works out so much the better.
2: So, all in all, I love this movie, and I'm going to give it a five. Six, yeah, wholeheartedly a five.
1: Six. Oh, five. <laughs> Dang it. Um, Yeah, no,
0: it's there is a lot to love about this. Um, and, and again, I can't emphasize enough how beautiful it is.
1: And, and like um, I said, it, it take the time and watch it twice. And like I said, put some time between the watchings. And even if you if you're sitting there thinking about it and make little notes, that way when you go back and watch it the second time, you can kind of fill in your notes because it it it's worth two watches, easy, if not more.
0: Yeah, definitely. Uh, I'll probably end up rewatching it uh, later once I've, because I don't tend to w- rewatch stuff immediately. I like to give it time to simmer first. Yeah. Um, but yeah, I can definitely see see myself coming back to this. Uh, anyway, speaking of going uh, forward, yes. So let us move on to the second half of planet Planet Width, so episodes seven through twelve. Um.
1: We find everybody's true nature.
0: Yeah, it goes, it goes as a, in, in, in an in an interesting direction, um, so, and like a part of like it, it's partly um, like pretty obvious that it's going to end up with a final confrontation against the dragon, but the way they get there is not what i was anticipating
1: no uh, for openers this dragon is not godzilla so that that is yeah sort of, yeah i mean
0: yeah so one of one of the interesting reveals in the second half of planet with is that the dragon is less a monster and more like, just a very depressed psychic that shed sort of, like, their mortal body and just sort of trapped themselves in the dragon. Um,
1: or an outcast that became the dragon. I hadn't figured out either way. I, it, it works either way.
2: Well, his... well, his, Okay, well, his thing, yeah, right, is that... Yeah, so the reveal is that the dragon... Uh, this This comes in episode 11... Uh, because, you know, (laughs) but yeah, the reveal was that the dragon was basically the brother of the, uh, let's see, he's one of, he was one of the people of paradise who, as a, as a species, they had basically gone on to a higher, gone on to a higher dimension, and thus, you know. Yeah, which reminds me, when do the main characters
0: meet that guy? Uh, Is it like episode eight, I want to say?
2: Uh, well... No, it's it. Let's see the uh, well. Soya meets the uh, Soya meets the uh, like the the like the person from pa- the paradise, the paradise guy who's like takes the form of his brother, you know, which which he resents greatly. Yeah, that's fair. Uh, right. Pretty manipulative. Well, except yeah, it's not a not a conscious manipulation. It's just yeah. Uh, Even still. Right. And, right, so Soya meets that guy, I think, in Episode 7. Okay, alright, it was 7. After after he has this uh, flashback to, like, the fall of Sirius. Uh, Yeah. And that's also
0: sort of when we find out that even though the pacifist faction seems like it won... The ceiling faction is going to keep going because it turns out, like taking away the dragon dust, does not actually just take away their powers. It it basically just helped them activate the power, psychic powers, in the first place. They always had them, and there then they kept them even after having the dragon dust t- taken away. Um, yep, which which culminates in. Um, episode 9 where the ceiling faction finally wins and we find out what that means
1: yeah basically uh, you get frozen in a dream world and if you're frozen in a dream world you can't uh, progress forward or backward and you're at peace and uh, stagnant and uh, hibernating and all those
2: other words that say no Well, well, well. The thing is, yeah. And what was nice was that, like, the nature of sealing was something that had been built up, and uh, you know, foreshadowed what that was going to be like. Yeah. In the pre, in the first half, yeah, you because know, it showed, you know, you because know, it showed, uh, you know, Nezia getting, uh, you know, basically failing. When he uh, you know, when he attacked the uh, when he attacked the sealing device, he, yeah, he but failed we against it. Don't necessarily
0: see what that looks like on the
2: outside. Uh, well, actually, we sort of and okay, I mean, we and we sort of see what what that would be like on the inside because because every time that you know one of the uh, every time one of like the psychics would you know challenge the ceiling challenge the sealing device, they would basically be you know, have to sort of, you know, you know, fight against this sort of, uh, you know, sort of get through this, a comforting dream, basically, which, in a, a dream of reassurance. And, you know, and would sort of have to fight to, you know, sort of have to fight have to fight, you know, part of themselves to keep their forward momentum. Yeah. You know, and most of the, most of the psychics in the, uh, most of the psychics in the first half had had succeeded, but Nezia failed and it showed, you know, it showed what happened when he, when he failed against the ceiling device. Yeah, he failed due to boobs. Basically. Yeah. <laughs> uh...
0: Uh, uh, but yeah, no, I, I really liked episodes seven through nine, even though they kind of blend together in my mind. Um, cause it's all kind of a lead up to the final confrontation in episode 10 where, uh, Kerelin and, uh, Roshavarok, um, yes. like directly face off.
2: No oh, or... Sensei in, Sensei and Generalissimo.
0: Yeah. Yeah, when the two of them uh just go into a, a knockdown drag out fight, which is really cool, but also I one thing I did notice and like one of my few complaints about the fight scenes in this anime is that I wish they had more special moves because I can only hear uh i can only hear them shout giga cat hammer or terra cat hammer before i'm like okay yeah i've all right yeah well th- doesn't that go <laughs> with
1: uh and hey, wait a minute doesn't it run in the same vein as kameha kameha
0: well i mean even in dragon ball like goku has several moves he uses it just that kameha meha is sort of like his signature one but like in dragon ball they've got a bunch of stuff they do yeah um... well
1: i've just I, I just threw that out for you know to th-
0: uh well yeah what got me
2: <laughs> Actually,
0: I wish there was a little more variety in sort of the the special
2: moves <laughs> Actually what sort of what sort of what sort what was sort of amusing was how uh was how he uh was how Soya in both cases against uh yeah against uh against like the uh yeah against uh let's see uh against uh Takashi in uh, in episode six, and against uh, and against the Generalissimo, in uh episode ten, his uh, his his true winning his true winning move is to smack them with his iron with his iron clogs. Yeah.
1: <laughs> yeah.
2: Yeah. Basically,
0: lose your arm,
2: hit them with your foot. <laughs> well. Well, no, it's, it, it's it, He actually, what he would know, what he does is he actually uses the iron clog as a hand weapon.
0: Oh, yeah, you're right. I yeah. forgot he does that in episode ten. Yeah, he, yeah,
2: he does that in episode six too.
0: I totally, yeah, no, I remember episode six. I just completely forgot about the parallel in ten. You're right. He does win both battles exactly the same way. <laughs>
1: I, I guess as, um, as, we, as we move along, the thing that I liked is there was this triangle kind of was formed between uh, uh, Nozomi, Ginko, and Soya. But Ginko finally says, oh, no, 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 no. Just think of me as a big sister. And that kind of lets Nozomi in for, oh, yeah, yeah, I can love him now because she's his sister. <sighs> Which actually brings me to another
0: point. I, I, I wasn't expecting the time skip, but I liked it a lot. Oh yeah. Yeah, uh, where it, where it shows them sort of like all grown up and it's a really it's a really nice touch.
2: Yeah, that uh, was Yeah, episode, yeah, because like at the end of episode 10, it's like they they're like, "Okay, Dragon's going to wake up in 5 years. We got to get ready for that." And then start of episode 11, it's 5 years later. Okay, where are they now? Yeah. It also
0: helps the, the show feel less, less compressed because, uh, it's, it's very fast paced in sort of like the first section because it feels like everything is happening like one day after another, which it kind of is. Um, so it feels very, like very, very quick and frenetic in like those first six episodes and to have like sort of that time skip between 10 and 11 e- even though like 11 comes directly after 10 and they just start with the time skip it gives you the illusion that there was breathing room in between for these characters to sort of like sort of progress from where they ended on 10 and even though like we don't get to see it there's enough there that's implied that it feels like a meaningful like a meaningful length of time has passed.
1: Well, you know, I, I agree with that. And the, the other thing is, uh, and it, it, it flies through my mind a couple, three times, so I'm going to talk about it for a second. Shirashi's combat suit. Oh, yeah. With the green dog tail. Oh,
0: Shiraishi yeah. is it, it, yeah. such a dork.
1: It's like, you know, I mean, when Ginkgo's with Soya and he, I mean, she still keeps out the main outfit. You know, nothing nothing fancy happens, but, you know, goes the other way and, and the fan service almost just goes a little far. Well.
0: <laughs> On the one hand, yeah, I can I can see that perspective. On the other hand, I kind of, like, there's so little fan service in any other aspect that I kind of enjoy the fact that Shiraishi, like, for the first part, you just see her as this, like, typical, you know, stoic secretary. And then you find out, no, she's actually the biggest nerd.
1: <laughs> and, uh... uh she,
0: she is the most ex- extra of the entire cast. She just and... goes all in. Every time,
1: and <laughs> her ability to affect most people's minds and appear as something she used to be, like a smaller child. Yeah, the we were talking about that before the podcast. The uh, thing where he where Soy is like, well, wait a minute, what is this? No, yeah, they... They, they
0: did a boob joke that didn't made me that didn't make me groan. So yeah. congratulations, Planet yeah. <laughs> With.
1: Yeah, and I think there I think I forgot something about the movie but we can talk about that after this uh,
2: but right yeah so the yeah the boob joke the boob joke was, uh, was <laughs> I like I like the, the the uh, the boob joke too because okay the way it plays out is that uh, yeah Shiraishi is sort of sort of you know using an illusion to disguise herself as a high school girl even though she's considerably older you know.
0: And she's like, like basically trying to hypnotize Soya into just not doing anything, basically. Right.
1: And the only problem is, is it doesn't affect Nosomi for some yeah. reason we don't know. But yes.
2: Well, because Nosomi turns out no, turns out Nosomi is a particularly talented telepath. Uh, yeah. And right, so she does. Right, she does that illusion thing. She does that illusion thing. The problem is, is that uh, is that the like because she's uh disguising herself as someone a uh, shorter than her real height when she actually touches when she actually when she actually touches him and puts her boob on his arm he realizes that he realizes that something is off yeah the,
0: the, yeah because apparently the illusion is only visual so yeah. he's like wait a minute this isn't matching up and that's yeah. what snaps him out of it it's like, it's like, wait like wait, no these are these are illusionary breasts these do not count um, no no
1: they're they're hitting me at the 5 foot 8 mark and not the 5 foot 1 mark that's being portrayed visually yeah
0: uh so oh, yeah it was it was actually a pretty clever joke
1: okay and the other thing that i that i just thought of is uh remember the vials of sand in the first part well we realized that now that humans have telekinetic abilities and the sand was only a amplifier and if you work at it hard enough you can get telekinetic abilities on your own and that way all the all the flying gold and fancy colored uh, uh dragon thingies they started flying them by themselves they didn't need a vial hanging around their neck yeah all you need to do is
0: pierce the heavens with your drill it's easy <laughs>
1: <laughs> you know I left that line for you on purpose thank you very much I, I I'm being mildly facetious, but also are.
0: like at the same time, episode eleven and twelve do very much feel like the finale of Gurren Lagann in a lot of ways. Because yeah. like you've got the time step, you've you've got everybody coming together, including like uh, former villains uh, to fight the sort of world-ending menace. Um, you've got like you've got the upgrades where everyone's mechs just become bigger now because of the power of psychic pa- psychic ability uh, the power of in <laughs> makes their mechs bigger uh yeah it's it, it I, I know these are all sort of like uh, cliches in a way but it, it is it, the structure does just inherently remind me of Gurren Lagon. but again that's not a bad thing. Like they do enough unique stuff with it and cool stuff with it that it's the like it doesn't feel like a ripoff. It's just like, oh
2: yeah, this this feels well, familiar. Well because yeah, well that's the thing, is that it's because uh both Planet With and Gura Blagan are, you know, going to the well of classic Mech tropes. Yeah,
0: specifically of super robot shows. Yes. Uh <laughs> Yeah, and I I just really love that final battle where everybody's working together um, doing their cool mech attacks to destroy, like, the sort of phantom dragons that the main dragon is psychically creating. And you've got, like, the the telepaths blocking the dragon's uh, mind to, like, lead him into the trap. Got the cool heroic
1: sacrifice yeah he ends up back on his home world and finds a flower yeah. growing so the planet's not
0: dead yes yeah and it the ultimate weapon is love and forgiveness that's also one cool thing is that one of the really interesting thing the things that planet with does that very few other shonen shows do is that planet with almost rejects the idea that justice is inherently good. Uh, And instead it says, justice needs to be tempered by mercy and love. Because otherwise, we're just all doomed. Um, And that, that ultimately ends up being the way they they defeat sort of the final quote-unquote enemy because the dragon isn't really evil um yeah and yeah he was like and and like uh soya's soya's sort of final character moment the capstone to all his growth up to them is letting go of the the rage he feels for the dragon destroying everything he knows and loves and if anyone has a justifiable reason again there's justice uh if anyone has a justifiable reason to hate the dragon and want to punish him it's soya and soya comes to realize that that won't fix anything and Sometimes justice is not the just thing to do. Yeah. And it's really cool to see a shonen show say that forgiveness is good, <laughs> like that we should maybe be more caring and more understanding
2: and more loving. This um. this is actually this is actually typical of uh, Mizukami's uh, Mizukami's style and worldview, because a uh, a common theme running through a lot of his works is that is a, is of reconciliation, and you know of you know opposing sides you know yeah basically opposing sides trying to. You know, reconcile and get past the cycle of revenge. Yeah, and
0: and the, and what's and what's really nice about the way this show does it is that they 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 don't just say, "Oh, you know," for like forgive regardless, um, because you know throughout the series, Soya does like Soya like ends up killing the the one psychic and um in the end even though he reconciles with the dragon you know he still has to seal the dragon away so it, it's not like oh reconcile with whoever you know it isn't just you know seek out compromise uh, regardless of context it's you know reconcile when you can let like let go of the hate so you can think clearly and make the decisions that are that are best not just for you but for your community yeah those around um it, it it is a it is a show that preaches that preaches that you need to have both justice and forgiveness uh tempering each other to come to the right decisions in in every scenario and it preaches nuance in all things um it's a really it's a really good show it has it's a lot more intelligent than you would necessarily
1: give a credit think
0: it it would be given that the premise is like an alien boy meets a a maid and a, a talking and, like, a giant cat and gets into mecha battles. <laughs> like... Right, it's like... Yeah,
2: because, like, the trappings <laughs> and the imagery are, frankly, pretty silly, but... Yeah, it belies its true nature. <laughs> but, yeah, but there's some real heart to this show. And, uh, that's the thing, is it... This is, like, this is my second time watching this show, because I I first watched it, you know, back when it was originally airing. And, and like... And so like, yeah, like so like the first ten episodes, I was just loving it. I was a little cold on the last two episodes, because it's like Oh, they're fighting the dragon. They're they're fighting the dragon. That's so predictable. But on a rewatch, I was like, no, there's more here than you'd think. And uh so I actually appreciated this show more on a rewatch.
1: Yeah.
0: Yeah, um, I, I I can imagine that like knowing the overall arc of the show would give you more of an appreciation of how it builds up to it in those early episodes yeah Um, but yeah no this this show was real good (laughs) and
2: yeah what I also like is just like the sheer like the economy that the show has in the writing just how like how it never wastes a moment on anything. Like, like that whole serious, like that whole like flashback to serious in, in episode seven, like in a lesser show, this would, they, they would take like, like, like an one an, or two, whole, one episode. or two entire episodes <laughs> to, to run through this whole thing and explain like, you know, the whole background behind, uh, behind like the fall of serious and uh, Ginko's, Ginko's whole deal. And, and all yeah. that and but they get through it in half an episode yeah
0: it's it, it's really with, really yeah. well paced yeah without um,
2: without feeling rushed
0: they do yeah they do a lot with 12 episodes um and at no point i did i feel like i was missing out on anything like there was anything they that they left on on the cutting room floor which i'm sure they did leave stuff on the cutting room floor because that's just how creative projects work (laughs) you just make a bunch of stuff and then like you, you make something that's way too big just naturally and then you gotta you know kill your darlings um but i didn't feel like it was missing anything um nor did i feel like there was really anything there that didn't need to be there um, and at, again, as, as much as I love Gurren Lagon, and I do, I do adore that show, uh, you know, with all its faults, um, that Gurren Lagon was like double this size and really didn't do a whole lot more with it.
2: Uh, yeah. You know, there's, it, some,
1: it, there's sometimes that you can improve on something that, you know, people say, oh, you can't improve on that. Oh yeah, you can.
2: Well, yeah, there are there are a few. Uh, yeah, uh, there are like in *Gurlagon*. It was a yeah, it was a great show, but it did have a few clunker episodes.
0: Oh yeah, yeah, absolutely. I, I think everyone would point out like the the hot springs episode in particular. Um,
1: Most hot spring episodes are.
0: <laughs>
1: yeah, uh, I'm All sorry, right. but you know. I have.
0: Ex- except for the one in Outlaw Star where it reveals a very important piece of plot trivia. Yes. Well, a very important plot element with the special black hole bullets that if you're watching on Cartoon Network, you did not get to see.
1: Oh. I mean, yep. Yuna, the, the last Hot Springs episode that I saw that wasn't too bad was Yuna and the Hot Springs, but that, that even got a little out of hand. A, lot, a little. Like, yeah. <laughs>
0: Uh, but yeah, long. no, I... I'm, I'm not sure what else I can say about this show. I... Other than, like, I do love that there's a childhood friend character in this. Well, not really childhood friend, but... Like, she sort of, sort of takes the place of the childhood friend. The, the person who would normally... Uh, just, the, like, the normal high school student who's just a nice girl. Who would normally, like, be brushed aside for the magical lady who falls out of the sky or whatever. Mm-hmm. But she ends up being, like, the one who ends up with Soya. And also, she's really great. Yeah. I I, I appreciate how how hard they subvert that trope.
1: Well, I agree. Well, I agree. Yeah, well, yeah, well, let's think is Though, that... in
0: a way, I guess Soya is the magical love interest who falls out of the sky because he is the alien. Well, well yeah,
1: it... But, it, it right. actually, so maybe they just reversed it. <laughs> he well, actually, he arrived via cat. Yeah.
2: So the whole thing... Yeah, right. Well, so the thing with that is that... Yeah, well, it's not that... It's not that uh, Nozo is the childhood friend. You know, because, like, basically... Prior to, prior to the first episode, Sawyer had only known her for a couple weeks. Uh... But it's that, it's that, uh it's that she's basically, like, for the first half of the show, or for most of the show, she's just, she's the normie. Yeah, uh, exactly. She's the normie, and you'd think, okay, she just, yeah, she basically needs to, like, be put to the side while, like, we get on with the mech battles. But, but no, by the end, <laughs> she's actually a instrumental, instrumental to their total victory.
0: Yeah, and also instrumental towards soya's growth. Like yeah. he and he, like one of his most important like uh character moments is due to soya uh due to her influence. Um and yeah, they they keep even though like she doesn't get her like cool powers until near the end, they keep her a very relevant character and and really none of the characters ever feel like they get left out or oh. like shunted to the side.
1: I agree. I, 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 yeah, that's why I like that. I mean, even the, now the, the only thing that got me is when the old guy finally had to uh, give up the ghost, you know, cause I kind of, I always sympathize with them old guys. But,
0: uh... <laughs> I like that where he does like the, it's time for my heroic sacrifice. And they're like, Oh no, he's
2: just sleeping yeah yeah and then and then it turns out during the time then it turns out during the time skip. So oh yeah he died but it was because he was cho- because he choked on a piece of mochi
1: yeah <laughs> it's like... yeah I forgot about that well, uh, that's why I brought it up because I knew that the walking talking planet with encyclopedia on the other side of the microphone would go oh but that's what happened yes thank you Ben
2: well like I said <laughs> I, I did watch this thing twice.
1: You know, there's a lot of times that we don't watch anime hardly once. I can think of a lot of series that we wished we never watched at all.
2: <laughs> yeah.
1: Yeah. But, you know, sometimes you you just got to bite the
2: bullet. Uh,
1: yeah. Yeah. And bullets are not tasty.
2: Yeah, I, I had uh, just as much, if not more, fun watching this the second time. I'm giving this series as a whole a five. Did I? Absolutely. D I T
1: T O.
0: Yeah. So, uh, yeah. Good. Good week this time. Two very, very, very good things. Uh, that we reviewed. Um. You
2: yeah, wanna, you unfortunately,
0: wanna... Aaron did not come back in time. However, uh, I will. Uh, he he did pat uh, want me to pass along a message, that he also really enjoyed Planet with, uh, and, uh, that Noria Wakamoto is a is great at everything he does. And he's Aaron specifically posted a clip of, uh, Norio Wakamoto. Um, it's actually during episode 12, I believe where, uh, it seems like, um, Soya and is it Nozomi? Who's the maid? Uh, no, Genko. Genko, Who's the maid? Right. You're right. Uh, and, um, and the cat sensei, uh, it looks like they get trapped in, in subspace, and then uh, the general dog, uh, in the most Norio Wak- Wakamoto voice possible, like, shouts his name into the sky, like, <laughs> It's real good.
1: Well, the, um, o- the other thing you could do, too, is uh, if you can catch him, maybe you two can have a little chit-chat and taff get on the end of this podcast, too.
0: Yeah, maybe. And maybe I'll just, like, edit in the, the sound clip as well if, I, if I'm if i not feeling lazy. Uh, also, Aaron loved the Ghost in the Shell callback, which I did not notice at the time. It's, like, in one of the early episodes where Ginkgo is stealing... I think it's when Ginkgo steals the dragon particles from, like, the lab. Uh, and she, like, dives backwards off, uh, off the skyscraper and then like turns invisible and it's like i didn't i didn't i didn't catch it at the time but it is so blatant now that i think about it Mm
2: Mhm.
0: but yeah no uh so yeah that was what he wanted me to pass along and maybe when he gets back just me and him will like have a have a quick discussion about what he liked about it but uh yeah Okay. Um okay and uh I believe that's all uh, we have to say about that. Yep.
1: And in 347 uh, you got a couple of comments. For 374. Yes, uh, uh, 374. I like uh, so, you did old and dyslexic. Okay? Okay. 74. That's fine. All right. So uh from Day
0: Riff, uh, a couple of Lupin the Third part 5 comments. I have a theory that the relationship between Enzo and Ami might be a case of truth is stranger than fiction. Enzo is a stand-in for many different tech founders, but in his relationship relationship with Ami, he's reminding me a lot of real-life Steve Jobs and his daughter Lisa Brennan Jobs. You can Google up the story yourselves, but the short version is that for much of Lisa's early life, Steve Jobs denied his paternity, and even after acknowledging her, was very cold to her. It was only after he lost control of Apple and left the company that Steve suddenly changed his mind and decided he wanted to be a father to Lisa after all. Obviously, the Enzo-Ami relationship happened at television speed, and I can't prove that the writers of on the Third knew the story, but it reminds me a whole lot of those two real-world people. That's an interesting point. Um, I'm not sure if it... Uh, I don't think it really uh, solves the issue I ended up having with how that relationship is portrayed, but it would make the make the reason for why it happened that way make more sense. That's for sure. Um, Dayriff continues. My other comment is that your debate about whether Fujiko is any better than Lupin reminded me nothing. Uh, reminded me of uh, of a line from BoJack Horseman. Uh, which uh, P.S. I'm going to just insert this here. Uh, if you have not watched BoJack Horseman, it's very good uh very sad but also very very good um uh bojack thinks to himself i'm an i'm an a-hole but i'm better than all the other a-holes because at least i know i'm an a-hole bojack is wrong being able to acknowledge his own faults means nothing if he's not willing to put in the work to change them which yeah all right good point <laughs> i don't really have an argument against that um, Uh, But really, the whole relationship between Lupin and Fujiko is laid out in the op. It's a little mysterious, a little metaphorical, but by the end of the season, it becomes pretty clear that the op is showing us what happened that time that Lupin and Fujiko tried to settle down and played at being married. I'm not sure how literally to take Zenigata laughing with the crew at a bar as Fujiko pours drinks, but I can sort of see it. Arranging some of the blanket... Arranging some sort of blanket pardon for himself somehow seems like the sort of thing Lupin would do if we were to see a Lupin retires for real story play out in multiple episodes as a whole plot arc. Instead, they tell the whole story over the opening credits. Um, That's an interesting take on that, actually. I'd I'd have to uh, watch the opening again because I only remember bits and and pieces of it. But I can kind of see where you're coming from with that idea. Because it does play out a little bit like that.
2: I don't know. What do you think, Ben? Uh, yeah. Uh, I should rewatch that okay I have...
0: Yeah, I I think it's really a plausible theory at the very least. Um. But yeah. No. Thank you. Thank you, Dariff. Uh. Those are those are all pretty good points. Um. Let's see, I think so, Carlos had a comment. Let's see. I. I think we already... No,
1: we did not. Oh, we haven't read that one no, yet. Okay, well, for
0: some reason I thought we did. No, we, okay. we skipped
1: over it twice. That's why I kind of rattled your cage early about it.
0: Okay. Yeah, I, I don't know why I missed it the, the last time we recorded. Sorry, Carlos. Uh, because um,
1: everybody was in a bleeping hurry.
0: Probably. All right. In case you're interested, the part with the mask in Lupin the Part Five is almost certainly a reference to an old Lupin manga chapter, which, in a different context, also showed that he has been hiding his real face from the public at large the whole time. Thus, in practice, it's simply re- a recontextualization of much of a much older established continuity, rather than a retcon. In short, the idea itself was not invented by the writers of Part Five realistically speaking i could agree it doesn't does,
1: uh, <laughs> <can't> talk anymore
0: <laughs> it's late and i've been drinking beer uh realistically speaking i could agree it doesn't make sense for lupon to have such a mask but i think it still works out as a thematic slash symbolic point in the specific context of what the anime was trying to say about lupon as a character and as a person in truth, we have, seen, we have in fact seen Lupin show different sides of himself throughout the various series, movies, and TV specials. He has, as a matter of fact, never been constrained to one specific portrayal or personality, but is a character subject to multiple interpretation. If every past Lupin story is valid, even the ones which seem to in- be inconsistent at face value, then Lupin has to be flexible enough to change himself, literally and figuratively. Part five acknowledges this throughout, through various references, small and large, to older Lupin works, and the various colors of the jackets reinforces this idea. Even PeopleLog couldn't account for that, because it relies on only a limited set of data contributed by individuals, and thus doesn't have access to the quote-unquote true Lupin after all, which is more important than examining the realism behind the concept of the mask. In other words, I think the mask reveal has more value than just as a surprise that lasts for one second. To be sure, Lupin as an overall property has rarely tried to be truly realistic. That has never been a priority, and Part 5 was no different. Uh, We did get uh, some valid commentary on real-world issues, which was nice, but the rest can and will tend to vary again taking on a whole military unit among other things would never be possible in reality yet matches the sort of outcome that can happen during a Lupin third narrative having said all this I agree the shift with Enzo at the very end was a bit anticlimactic and too brief to be effective um yeah I think that's a good argument in favor of the mask reveal um my issue with it is not necessarily that it isn't realistic, because I did kind of like Jigen taking on a whole military unit. I, I don't necessarily mind when Lupin goes goofy. Uh, my issue with the mask reveal is that it felt like kind of a cop out. Um, but as a commentary on, it's interesting because like, as sort of a as sort of like a, a final sort of commentary on who lupon is as a whole throughout the series i think like with carlos's argument in mind i kind of i can see how it's like actually a really good sort of plot twist but as sort of a way to get around the way to get around the central conflict of that particular episode it it it, uh, it felt like a
2: cheat to me,
0: so it, it's weird. I have conflicting feelings about it still.
2: Yeah. Well, one thing that yeah, one thing about yeah that gets me about Lupin as kind of like as a serialized narrative, as a, as a narrative is that yeah, Lupin doesn't develop as a character. It's just in each episode, yeah, no, not at all. In <laughs> each yeah, but no, but in each episode and or arc, he shows different sides of himself. And thus, that that's what keeps the yeah, you know, that's what keeps the the series fresh as a whole.
0: Yeah, so like I I can definitely see the argument, I think I think it is a good argument. It's just for me, it, the whole like Lupin himself is a mask. Um, work, works better when it's not. I just don't think it works as a like way to get out of sort of the conflict of the, of the day.
1: So it's not a get out of jail free card.
0: Yeah, th- that's my main problem with it. Like, uh, as sort of as sort of an acknowledgement of the. Of the inconsistencies and also just varieties that exist within Lupin as a whole, as, as a series, I think is kind of a cool idea and a cool way to represent that within the narrative itself. I, I just don't like it as a resolution to that particular plot arc. Okay, but again, like that's just my particular bugaboo about the way that that episode was handled. Which in a lot of ways I felt was kind of sloppy, uh, but yeah, no, like that—that's a—that's a cool way of looking at it. So thank you very much, Carlos, for that. Um, I'm not missing anything else, am
1: I? No. You want to tell them what we're doing next, or are you just going to surprise them when they log into the next podcast?
0: Yeah. So uh, I, I'm going to tell people so that way they can listen. You know, they got I some just, time to listen. Sorry, I um, just
1: you know drum roll, bah, bah, bah.
0: Uh, yeah, so the next stuff we'll be watching, so for the uh, show, we're going to dip a bit into the retro bucket and uh, talk about Gene Shaft. So we will be watching the uh, first six episodes seven. of Gene Shaft.
1: Seven, seven, seven. Uh, oh, you want to do seven? Yeah, okay, because sure. that's the way the DVDs are laid out. One through, oh, okay. One All through right. seven, well, and I mean, then, yeah, well, it's... It's thirteen. If the DVDs say
0: so, then that's how we'll do it. Well it's, it's well yeah, it's an odd number, so you're
2: gonna have to have a break point somewhere. Yeah.
0: Yeah, yeah, exactly. So alright, so for the first seven episodes of Gene Shaft. Uh, and for the movie uh, we will be watching a firework fireworks should we see it from the side or the bottom, which let me just see if I can Google up the uh Japanese of that title real quick. Which, okay, it's uh, <laughs> it just be called uh, Uchiage Hanabi Shitakara Miruka Yokokara Miruka, um, aka just fireworks, um, so we're gonna be watching that next for our movie, uh, so if you wanna follow along, definitely go ahead and, and watch those. Let us know what you think. Um, yeah.
2: yeah, I also think uh either next week next episode or the episode after we should uh, do some anime awards
0: yeah also i will need to catch up on some recent anime cuz i've been very lax well, i still i still haven't watched zombie land saga even though everybody whose opinions i trust is telling me i need to watch zombie land saga you, i've been horribly you, you procrastinating about it you,
1: you, 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 <laughs> There there could be a ripple in the force if you don't.
0: Yeah, I know. I, I know. Um so I'm gonna i I'm gonna try at least to watch a few episodes of that uh before we do the next episode. Um and also like a few episodes here and there of some other shows that um have been getting some buzz. Uh right. yeah. Our, 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 we don't really be having traditional anime of the year awards this time, just because we switch to a completely different format, and I've been very lax in watching recent anime because of it.
1: Oh, honesty is the best policy.
0: Yeah. Well, you know, I don't think I don't think any long time listeners will be very surprised by that. Yeah.
2: Nah. Yeah, I'm actually still behind on a few behind on a few shows myself. So, so w-
1: yeah, w- we'll watch a few things and come the next one. If we think we're good, fine. If not, it'll be the one after that.
0: Yeah, we'll do our best. Um, also, let's see. Okay, yeah, we. Ooh, well, actually, we may not be able to do it in exactly two weeks because on the eighteenth, I'll be in San Antonio. Oh, you're
1: uh, gonna be you're gonna be gaming.
0: Yeah, I will be at PAX. I will be at PAX South. Um, so I don't know. I've, well, actually, no, I don't want to bring along my recording equipment. No, man. no. Uh, that is
2: yeah, also,
1: so. yeah, in
2: four weeks, I'm going to be, I'm also going to be uh, at a convention.
1: Okay. Is that the 1st of February?
2: Yes.
0: Yeah, so we will, we will find somewhere, 20th? like, between the 21st and the 27th to do our next recording then.
1: 25th?
0: Yeah, Maybe. maybe it'll just be the 25th. 25th, that
1: would work.
2: I'm I'm right. da- I'm down for that.
1: Okay, and about this time?
2: Yeah. Yeah, is a good time.
1: All right, I'll go mark it on my on my Mickey Mouse calendar. Nice. Yes.
0: All right. So, that'll do it for this episode of BakaCast. As always, you can leave us comments or questions on our blog at ProjectHorrorHeat.net. Uh, or on the show notes at audioentropy.com. Or you can uh, tweet your comments, questions, and uh, complaints about I, how I am an uncultured swine uh, at, on my Twitter at Solsta gm.
2: And you can tweet me at Deslinky. I actually made a New Year's resolution to do more tweeting. Nice. Uh, oh,
1: you, you got seed for the bird, huh? Sorry. Uh,
0: I. It took me several years before I w- before when I actually said I would tweet more that I actually started tweet more, so good luck
1: yeah well <laughs> since i don't I don't tweet, you guys know where to find me, and if you don't know where to find me, leave a comment because that's where you'll find me.
2: Go you all
0: right, so without further ado, Ben Dustin,
2: three, two, one a.
1: Uh, It's going to be 65 here tomorrow. What, wait a minute, what season is it? Oh yeah, Wabbit season. Bye-bye.
0: Duck season. Yeah.